Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. John chapter 7, verse 38 to 39, says, He who believes in me, as the Spirit has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus gave us a wonderful promise, and with this promise, tremendous expectation. Expectation for us to receive something that is wonderful. An expectation from His side because the living waters would glorify Jesus. The living waters, the Holy Spirit would attest to who Jesus was. In the same way that Jesus said, God, I've glorified you on the earth, so by the, whole, by the power of the Spirit, so by the power of the Spirit, we glorify Jesus. We can't glorify Jesus in the flesh. The Bible says, in us tells no good thing. And, and without the Spirit, you can do nothing, Jesus says. That glorifies me. And it's incredible. Jesus gives this wonderful promise. He says, it's better for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit wouldn't, won't come. He says in John 14, 18 to 20, I'll read it from the message. He says, I will not leave you alone or orphaned. I'm coming back. In just a little while, the world will no longer see me. But you're going to see me because I am alive and you're about to come alive. What an incredible promise. You are about to come alive. And as I read that, there's a sense in my heart that there's, that there's a prophetic... I mean, when Jesus spoke this, it was a prophetic unction. But as I read it this morning, I just sense in my heart that there's a prophetic unction in that for us as a fellowship. You're about to come alive. That which is dormant and sleeping within you. That which I've placed you for, in, within you for my glory. Even what you know in the measure of the Spirit you understand is going to come alive. At that moment you will know absolutely that I'm in the Father. That you're in me and I'm in you. Folks, I want to talk to you this morning about honoring the Holy Spirit. Honoring the Holy Spirit, this wonderful person, this gift that God has given to you and I. The very person of God, but not in the form of Jesus, in the form of His Spirit indwelling us, living within our hearts. To honor means to esteem highly. It means to respect. It means to value. Value the presence of the Holy Spirit. Honor is really an attitude of value. And it's an attitude that unlocks the kingdom of God within us. When I begin to value and give honor to the presence of God within me, I begin to give room for it to lead me and to have its way in and through me. When I value the word of God, it means I put it above any other word. And I say that this, this, is, this is the standard against which I measure my life, my intentions, my thoughts. It's the primary fruit of genuine humility. 
honor. The Bible says God resists the proud, in the book of James, but He gives grace or enablement to the humble. The humble who will honor and value and say, your way, not my own. What you desire, not what I desire. Bill Johnson says, receiving and giving honor enables us to walk as true sons and daughters of God. Restored to our rightful place to see heaven released in and through our lives. And the truth is, folks, you've seen this and you can attest to this yourself. You will either live your life from a place of honor, honoring others, or you will live your, place, your life from a place of dishonor where we dishonor others. When I don't have a revelation of my value and worth in Jesus Christ, when I don't, when I, the understanding is this, folks, that, that God in His Son Jesus placed incredible honor in you, on you and I. He's given us a crown of righteousness. We are the objects of His affection. But if we don't see ourselves that way, we have to compete with others around us. We have to bring them down so that we can lift ourselves up. But when I see myself as beloved of God, whole, righteous in Him, His Spirit dwelling within me, I begin to see others not through my eyes or my insecurities, but through His eyes of love. And I desire to honor them. Why? Because they are just as precious in the sight of God as I am. I'm no more precious than another, and I'm no less precious than another. That's true humility. It's not thinking more or less of myself, but thinking accurately that God, I am, I am, I am the loved of God. I am His child. And that frees me to give honor and love to all those around me. Matthew 22, 37 to 40 says, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. What does it mean to love? It means to honor, to respect, to highly esteem. And the second is like it. If you honor and respect and highly esteem God, guess what's going to happen? You're going to go into your workplace and you're going to look at the people there and you're going to start honoring and respecting and highly esteeming them. Not necessarily respecting their actions, not necessarily respecting everything that they say, but you respect who they are as a, as a person made in the image and the likeness of God and precious in His sight. I'm suddenly not at liberty to just say anything I want to about them anymore. The Spirit and the love of God restrains me and in another breath, it compels me towards them to show them love and grace. What kind of a love is this that says to us, love your enemies? To love those who spitefully use you. Not just use you or abuse you. We often think of a boss who just asks too much. Overworked and underpaid. You know, how are you doing? Overworked and underpaid. Abused. The Bible says, love those who do that to you. And love those who even do it to you spitefully. What kind of a love is this? The Bible says on these two hang all the law of the prophets. My question to you is this. Why is honor such a big deal? If I'm talking about us honoring Holy Spirit, honoring the role of Holy Spirit, the person of Holy Spirit, why is that a big deal? Well, number one, the one thing that honor does, true honor, is it seeks or it sees and acknowledges truth. Firstly, in God. Revelations 5, verse 11 to 13. We read it during our, our portion of our, our time of worship this morning. It says this, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne 
the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive honor and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them. I don't know if he means in the sea or in the fish that are in the sea. But everything, all creation, even the fishes are singing glory to God. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. <laughs> and they say blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever. There's this picture that when we have the right idea of God, thousands upon thousands, just all creation, everything in heaven and on earth and under, everything, when it, when it catches a glimpse of the reality of the truth, honor is the natural, honor is the natural response. So let me ask you this, if the person of the Holy Spirit is who he says he is, maybe we've misunderstood him. Because if we see him as he truly is, honor is the natural response. We don't just take him for granted. We can't be indifferent towards him. And when we see that and we can give honor according to the truth of who God is, we begin to see the truth of who we are and the truth According to, you see, the truth speaks to fact. The fact is, you may have somebody in your office who's, who's nasty to you. You may have somebody in your office or in your workplace who is unkind or is living a lifestyle in a certain way. And those may all be very real facts. But the truth is, they're made in the image of God. And the truth is that they're loved of God. And the truth is that God calls us to honor even them. Ouch. <laughs> Romans 12 verse 3 says this, For I say to you, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. In other words, I've got the answers, I've got God, I'm alright, I'm okay. But to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Comparisons go out the window when we, when we face to face with God. Have you noticed that? So often we compare our behavior with other people. We compare what we've done with other people. We compare what we've given with other people. But when we're face to face with God, comparisons go out the window. Why? Because God doesn't care what anybody else has done when I'm standing in His presence. All God cares about when I'm standing in His presence is the state of my heart, my attitude, my perceptions. 1 Peter 2, 17, Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God, honor the king. This principle of honor, first to God and then to mankind, is, is it's a catalyst that begins to unlock the kingdom of God, that, that ethos of heaven, that spirit of love that God has put within us. That's one of the reasons why honor is such a big deal. But another reason why honor is a big deal in the eyes of God, and I think this is, where, this is what Jesus was alluding to when he said, I'm going to send you another one, just like me, is because honor establishes lordship in our lives. 
Exodus 14, 18. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when they have gained honor, when, when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. This is what God says to Moses. And he says, when they see, when they see everything that I'm going to do, I will have gained honor. And why was that important? And because the principle is this. That whoever and whatever you honor in your life will have lordship or influence in your life or over you. And at this point, it's obviously important to clarify certain things. Because I've just told us to honor everybody, right? So should everybody have influence in our lives? Should everybody have control of our lives? No, of course not. There's two things I'm talking about here. The number one is this. We give honor to all men according to the truth because they are created in the image of God. They have love and value in the sight of God. And we give them honor as such according to who they are. But there are people in our lives, there are affections in our lives that we lift to a place of honor that ministers back to us influence and control. That place of honor is the seat of God in our hearts. And when we, over, when we honor something or someone in the place of God, what have we created? We created an idol. That's why God says, you shall have no other gods before me. And you won't make craven images. And covetousness is a big deal in the kingdom of God. And, and all of these things. Why? Does Jesus mention these things and talk about these things? And the... the the, the lust for money is the, is the beginning of all evil. Why? Because these things have a way of creeping onto the throne of our hearts. But that throne, that place of honor is a place which brings with it control and influence. Honoring the Spirit of God, therefore, opens our hearts to receive from Him and to be led by Him. And to come alive. It's beyond just acknowledging, but it's honoring to the place of worship. It's honoring to the place of bowing before. It's honoring to the place of making everything else in my life subject to that, because that is priority number one. It's the same as with the Word of God. When we put the Word of God first place in our lives, that Word gains entrance, and that Word can then begin influencing our lives and exercising lordship over our lives and authority over our lives, right? So you understand the principle. And it's the same with Holy Spirit. John 14, 26, But when the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he, when He has come, He will teach you all things. And he will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So he, in other words, what he's saying there, Jesus is saying, he will make the word of God that you think you know so far come alive. Amen. Holy Spirit is the one who brings revelation to our hearts and minds. That's the whole message of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Make a note of it. Go read it in your quiet times. Who knows the heart of a man except the spirit of a man? Likewise, who knows the heart or the mind of God but the spirit of God? But we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit that is from above, that we may know the things of God. The things that He has prepared for us before we were even born. 
Folks, the missing ingredient that most limits us in our walk and our journey as Christians is our lack of honor for the person and the role of the Holy Spirit. Our minds can be fat with the Word. But if the, Holy, if the Holy Spirit has no room in our hearts to work with that Word, to make it become life and light to us, it doesn't achieve anything. And if we can't discern the voice of the Holy Spirit, folks, how can we be led by Him? And if we can't be led by Him, how can we be empowered by Him? How can this message of the kingdom find expression and practical outworking in our lives? It can't. So what I'm talking to you about this morning is, a, is an evaluation and perhaps a realigning and a, and a calling back to, Holy Spirit, how, how have I been seeing you? What, how much do I press into the wonderful gifts that you've given me, the person of who you are and the way that you unlock the Bible and, and the person of Jesus for me? Romans chapter 8 gives us a wonderful breakdown of this. Verse 11 to 15. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the, from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Now, you can read this in two ways. The one way is this. Resurrection from the dead is one of the key themes throughout Scripture, throughout the New Testament. You know, Jesus doesn't just talk about dying and then going to heaven. Heaven's not the final destination. Resurrection from the dead in a new glorified body. That's the things that Jesus spoke about. And the Holy Spirit points to that. But he also speaks about giving life to our mortal bodies here on earth. And you will come alive. There's a new power that comes upon you as you yield to it. A new grace, a special grace that is not of man, but that accomplishes amazing and wonderful things. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. Now, what is a son? If you understand the meaning and the heart behind the word son, it means somebody who's come to a place of maturity where they look like their father. They resemble their father in his mannerisms, in, the, in his heart, in his values. If you compare to my, me to my natural dad, no comparison. I've got a full head of hair. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not all that tall, but I'm not all that short. There's very little natural comparison between my dad and I. The hair that he has left is dark, or at least once was. Mine is blonde. But if you spend a little bit of time with my dad and I, you'll see just how alike we are. We have the same sense of humor. We, 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 we think in very similar ways. And in many ways, I am just like my dad. In many other ways, I'm just like my mom. For better or for worse. Because I'm their son. I have taken on their likeness and their values. And likewise, as a son of God, there's values, there's things that I've learned, there's a heart of love that I've embraced. And I haven't arrived. I'm not like him in every area. I've still got a long way to go. But praise God, I see progress. I see evidence. 
And the Bible tells us that those who are led by the Spirit of God, those are the ones who will resemble Him. Those are the ones who will carry His values. Those are the ones who will be able to live it out and share and express His heart and His power. Folks, I want to say something to you. I've come to realize, and the more I meditate on this statement, the more I see how true it is, is that the greatest honor you can give someone is to follow and heed their counsel. We often think that honor is given by saying nice things about them. We have an honorarium where we're going to say nice things or you, you, you speak nice things. Or honor can be to give a gift. Now, honor can be expressed through words and honor can be expressed through a gift. But the greatest honor you can give someone is simply to follow their advice. How much does that apply in our relationship with God? God, I honor you. Michael, I want you to do this. Yeah, but um, have you considered this option? You know, as a pastor, I, I... Those who come for advice and follow that advice are such a blessing. Those who come for advice and they say, thanks, um, I'm going to go pray about that. And then do something completely different. What are they saying? Now, I'm not saying we should just, everyone should just do what I say. Please understand my heart in this. I'm not saying, you know, don't go and pray about what I'm telling you to do. Just do it. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying I've seen over the years, the greatest honor somebody can give you is just to, to follow your advice, to trust you. And how much more true is that in our relationship with God, whose advice is always good and true and infallible? Beautiful words and, and songs without obedience to God mean very little. They mean very little. So the question I have for all of us this morning, in a service that really has just been so drenched with His love, with His presence, with the nearness of, of the Spirit of God, you're still just so tangible here among us. How much influence does Holy Spirit really have in your heart? as you go about your day. It's very easy to sit on a Sunday morning, and, but as I go into the office on Monday or as I'm in the workplace or in school or varsity or wherever I spend my day, how much honor do I give Holy Spirit in that place of influence to say, how do you want to use me here today, Lord? You just play the video of the Chief Justice and that morning saying, God, how do you want me to conduct things today? God said, I want you to pray in Parliament for three minutes. And he said, yes, Lord. And I'm pretty sure we're not going to be the only church this morning who shows that video for the people of God to see. That something powerful and impactful and very special happened in Parliament because a man was willing to say, God, how do you want me to, lead, to do this? And was there shouting or was there screaming or was there pandemonium or fussing? Just simple obedience. How easily can you discern the voice of the Spirit? Somebody asked me the other day, because I said, yeah, and God said this, and somebody else was telling a story about a missionary who God said to him, I want you to just sell everything and I want you to go to this place. And so he sold everything and went to this place. And as he got to this place, people, and I mean, we're talking like a four-day journey right out in the, in, the, in the middle of, I don't know where it was, but it could be Russia, I don't know where it was, but really Hamadullah's. 
And as he arrived, this young man, people said, we've waiting for you. We've been praying for you. So the person asked me, you know, how do you know that's God? How do you know when God is talking? You say, God said to me. How, does, how do you know? And I said, you just know. And I realized that that answer was probably really, really thin. <laughs> and I really, you know, because that question kept coming back to me, and God kind of challenged me with that and said, well, is that the best you could do for an explanation? You just know? Maybe this person's trying to hear God, and you're like, you just know? Really? How easily can you discern the voice of God? I want to say this to you. We start... The Bible, Jesus says this, it says, my sheep know my, hear, know my voice, and I know them. The more you spend time in the presence of God, the more you spend time in the Word, the easier it is to identify His voice and to recognize the leading and His unction. But if, if, being, if, this, if all I'm saying to you today is kind of foreign, and maybe saying, I don't really know how to, how to go into my day and be led by the Spirit of God. How do I do that? I think the, the best thing you can do is start by just honoring Him daily and following His voice. You just get into the Word of God, And you ask him, Father, speak to me today. And it won't take long for you to tune in. Like you have the analog radios, there's often a lot of white noise. And tuning out the white noise is one of the most difficult things that we have to do. I know even first thing in the morning, you sit down to pray, and there's a lot of... You mustn't forget to do this. Don't forget to pray for this one. Don't forget to... Just try and find the single... There you are. It's not really like that, but but you get the gist of it. There's a lot of white noise. You've got to tune into the Spirit. The more you know God, the more time you spend in His presence, the easier that becomes. But start simple. Start small. Get into one of the Gospels. Maybe start with Matthew and go and read the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is really clear on that one. God, I can't discern your voice. Don't judge others. Take Take the log out of your own eye before you take the speck out of someone else's eye. God, is that you speaking to me? I just can't. Yes, yes. That brother of yours who you've been criticizing, forgive him. Let it go. You've heard it said, don't do this, do that. Whoever hates his brother is already a murderer. But God, you don't understand. No, I do. I'm talking to you. And I want to come and minister grace and life to you. And as you obey, you become more and more like me. You grow into sonship. And as that begins to work itself out in your life, that person is going to notice something different in you in the way you're suddenly treating them. And then you're going to have an opportunity to share the love of God with him. And guess what? He's going to start changing. And so the kingdom goes, and so the kingdom grows. I want to go back to what I shared this morning first. I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming back in just a little while. The world will no longer see me, but you're going to see me because I am alive and you're about to come alive. What is it that God wants to make come alive in your heart? You'll only know as you spend time with him and you start saying, God, talk to me. God, lead me. Give me opportunities and I will follow. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.